Hey there, my fellow minor league nerds, and welcome to the latest minor league nerd special episode. This episode is about an event you may have heard of, but may not know any details about. This one covers the game between the Black Wichita Monrovians team and a team made up of members of the Ku Klux Klan, which was played in 1925. We're going to do something a little bit different with this episode. We're actually going to have a guest presenter, Cheats of the Black Baseball Mixtape is going to be our special guest host. So, take it away, Cheats. On Sunday, June 21st, 1925, an all-black semi-pro baseball team that had promised to take on all challengers, the Wichita Monrovians, faced off against a team of white supremacist Ku Klux Klan members named the Wichita Klan No. 6. This was during the height of Jim Crow in Wichita, Kansas, when African Americans didn't have access to certain movie theaters, restaurants, education, and employment. Both teams promised a clean game, with attention then turning towards the fans as violence was a concern. The Wichita Beacon ran a story on June 21st stating that Strangleholds, razors and horsewhips, and other violent implements of argument will be barred at the baseball game at Island Park. When the baseball club of the Wichita Clan Number no. 6 goes up against the Wichita Monrovians, Wichita's crack-colored team. The article also said that the umpires have been instructed to rule any player out of the game who tries to bat with a cross. How this unlikely game came about is not fully known, but historians have offered speculation. Although Kansas was admitted to the Union in 1861 as a free state, Segregation was firmly entrenched by the 1920s, with the Klan having a statewide membership of nearly 100,000 by 1924, with about 5,000 in Wichita. The Wichita's chapter's oppressive agenda included the statement, no employment of Negroes under any circumstances. But things were changing in Kansas that the Klan had no control over. In 1921, William Allen White a leading progressive and publisher of the Emporia Gazette, began writing vigorous editorials denouncing the Klan and in 1924 mounted an independent campaign for governor of the state on an anti-Klan platform. At times, he described the Klan as a self-constituted body of moral idiots and a profitable hate factory of bigotum. He did not win the election, but believed that his candidacy helped change public opinion of the Klan in Kansas. In January 1925, the state's Supreme Court ruled that the Klan was a sales organization, not a malevolent society, so it could not legally operate without an official charter. Two months later, the state legislator killed a bill that would have allowed them to do business in the state without a charter. Then, on June 3rd of that year, the state rejected the Klan's application for one. These factors all led to a downward slide of the Klan in Kansas, which was likely a factor in their interest in playing baseball against the Monrovians. It's believed by historians that the challenge was part of a last-ditch publicity stunt for two purposes. One, to demonstrate white superiority, and two, to improve their image in Kansas. As Fletcher Powell wrote in his article entitled 
the KKK in baseball history, the Klan was desperately trying to prove it was a positive influence on society. The Monrovians, who were originally called the Black Wonders, derived their name from the capital of Liberia, Monrovia, which was named after U.S. President James Monroe. Liberia, along with Ethiopia, were the only two African countries not colonized by the Europeans at the time. They had played in the Colored Western League in 1922, which was sort of a minor league among the Negro Leagues, reportedly winning 52 of 60 games. The league collapsed after that season, leaving the Monrovians to carry on as an independent, creating their own schedule which consisted of mostly barnstorming through the Midwest. At their core, the Monrovians played for the love of baseball, not discriminating against any team, as is evidenced by playing a game against a hate group. They had a real affinity for the black community of Wichita, leading to them also playing to advance the causes of African Americans. Proceeds of their home games went to black-owned businesses, most notably Phyllis Wheatley's Children's Home. They produced three players who went on to play for the mighty Kansas City Monarchs, Thomas Jefferson Young, Newt Joseph, and Andy Cooper. Baseball games were an important family social outing in the black community at the time. In Wichita, it typically meant a place to socialize and be comfortable among other African Americans without feeling the stinging pain of racism. The Monrovians had their own downtown stadium in Wichita, a rarity for black-owned teams, called Monrovian Park that was located at 12th and Mosley, purchasing it in 1922. But the game between the two teams was played at Island Park. It was a city-owned stadium built in 1912 that was located on Ackerman Island, a sandbar island located in the Arkansas River. The stadium burned down in 1933, and the sandbar was removed by the Works Progress Administration a few years later. According to the Wichita Beacon, interracial activities were permitted on the island. Few details about the actual game are known. It was said to have been played in front of a good-sized crowd on a scorching Sunday with searing winds pushing the temperature to 102 degrees. It's said that the game began as a low-scoring pitcher's duel, that was tied 1-1 after the first five innings before turning into a seesaw battle that ended with a blizzard of scoring. The names of the players of the games on both teams are lost to history, but the names of the two umpires, both Irish Catholic priests, are known. They were World War I veterans, W.W. Irish Garrity and Dan Dwyer. Both were white and were agreed upon by both teams, as even though they were white, they were Catholics a religion targeted by the Klan. The Monrovians won the game 10-8. It was reported as a clean game with no incidents. No box score of the game exists. There was a short two-sentence recap in the newspaper the next day that was most likely sent in by the Monrovians' manager, Lachelle Dorch, which was standard practice at the time. During that era, black baseball was just not covered at all by the mainstream media, which in Wichita in 1925 was only the Eagle and the Beacon. It also wasn't covered by black media either, which is why there isn't any historical record of the game. If the Moravians kept any record of it, it was most likely destroyed when the stadium was torn down to make way for a courthouse. There is no record of the team Wichita Clan Number 6 existing prior to the game against the Monrovians or after. For the Monrovians, the game was an opportunity to stick it to bigots. Victory was theirs and hate had lost the day.
The Klan's plan to use the game as a publicity stunt clearly did not work, and not only did they lose the game, but they were officially out of the state of Kansas by 1927. Well, my fellow minor league nerds, that'll do it for this episode. I want to thank Cheats for coming on and being a guest presenter. Be sure to check out the Black Baseball mixtape, which highlights black baseball at all levels. It's a great follow and a wonderful podcast. There are links to all his platforms in the episode notes. I hope you enjoyed this and learned something new. We do plan on having more guest presenters for future Minor League Nerd releases. Stay safe, and as always, be sure to never stop supporting Minor League Baseball and never stop learning about Minor League Baseball history.